Hello. Uh, episode 43. Today we're talking, actually we're debating the larynx position, low or high, Steve, in one word. Um, all, all of them. Oh, so typical. All of them. Typical. Sitting on the fence. So there's going to be a lot, a lot of anger on today's show, a lot of aggression, probably from you. Yeah. Is it high? Is it low? Does anyone care? <laughs> I mean, we do, otherwise we wouldn't be... Let's... You're already hyped, aren't you? I can tell. But we have some music to kick off, as always, and today we have music from the wonderful Elizabeth. What's your vibe on that? Yeah. Um. <laughs> time it's to think. Kind of do, you want, do you need more time to think? No, no, I've got it. Um, fair, like fairies and in, in the forests could be um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I haven't seen Lord of the Rings, but um, I mean, I did see it. But Sorry, what? You, what? We know it, the story of Lord it, uh, of the Rings. We know the story. Yeah. We. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was um, uh, cheap seats, wasn't it? For for. Uh, Restricted viewing. And I'll tell you what you should, if ever they want to, if ever cinemas want to promote restricted viewing, what they should put is if ever you see a film with restricted viewing, you will never watch the rest of them. Yeah. The rest of the, <laughs> the series. On, in all honesty, rubbish. do you remember it was, uh, was I next to the actual couple who weren't in restricted viewing? Yeah. Because obviously it's just the next sea is not restricted. So at times when things were getting a little bit spicy and exciting, not spicy, I mean, there's no sex in it, but um, exciting. Uh, you know, I'm like this, and I end up with my head on their shoulder like every two minutes getting excited. And I still look. had the chandelier in my eyes. <laughs> so that's... Anyway, Elizabeth, fairies, forests, that's what it does for me. But you can tell, like, uh, the, the classical background. Yep. But it's bringing it contemporary. It's really cool. Lovely. Yeah, um, lovely Really stuff. good songwriter. She's been writing with some really cool people as well. Some some writers with amazing credentials, you know, like kind of Beyonce-type credentials. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, the team around her and all of her contacts are going to be integral to helping her, you know, get the music heard. Great. Um, but Do we'll we'll put the uh, we'll put the links to that on. Shernerts. Shernerts. Yes. But just for one one thing before we get stuck into this epic show about the larynx, uh, we're sat here, time and energy outwards. What would you like everyone else to do? Uh, to bring it back in. Yeah, just a bit of give podcast. and take. Yeah. Um, review us in a, in a nutshell. Uh, so iTunes um, algorithms. Log what is it? I don't know. Whatever makes you rank higher. Um, we could do with a few more reviews on iTunes. Uh, so preferably five star with a bit of text 
if you like the show. Don't bother if there's any less. Yeah, don't. Um, but you can find that. We've, we've set up a link, which is thenakedvocalist.com forward slash iTunes. That will take you to the iTunes page, and it does say leave a review. So if you like the podcast, if you want to help us out and be discovered more, leave us a review, please. We know how this works. Obviously, text will make it go higher, but five stars, just a five stars, if that's all you can, can spare in your day. We know how this right, works. That's the game res- of recipro life. Thank you. Um, Larynx. It is a debate, isn't it? Because I'll tell you what, if you look on... Uh, well, you speak to teachers, you speak to anyone... It's an argument, mm. um, but uh, science can help us to rationalise each argument, right? Yeah. But why, why would we want to consider the larynx position? Yeah, well, I think, you know, considering it, uh, there's been some vocal systems in the past, some of which we've been involved with, that have based their entire method around teaching uh, on the larynx position. You know, it's like, oh, you're from that, you're from that method that, um, that teaches the low larynx. Yeah, and uh, you know whatever, as you said, if we understand its function and how it affects the sound we want to create, then obviously we're going to have a better idea of whether we should follow a pathway which uses the larynx as the focal point, right? Mm. So, um, why is it important? The larynx is important because uh, the shapes above, the acoustic shapes above the vocal folds, will shape and strengthen the sound waves that travel through. Mm-hmm. And so as the larynx, I'll, talk, I'll show you where it is in a second. Okay. The larynx will change one of these shapes. Yes. So that's why it's really important to us because it will dictate how it sounds and also how it feels and also the effect on the vocal fold shaping as we discussed in the last episode. With the straw With stuff. With the straw, yeah. yeah. So that's why it's massively important. Cool. Um, now, where is it? It's right here. Men, Adam's apple. Ladies, possibly Adam's apple. One thing I do with the kids. You can just hold your... Am I, your am, I being, am I being a Please. child now? Yeah. Put your fingers on your... Uh, can you feel the little yes. bubble? Oh, awful child. That's what I'd be thinking in my head if I... <laughs> Remember, this is partly promoting your kids' academy as well. You're a lovely child and you just need some, <laughs> some, more, di- some more direction. <laughs> Maybe it's your mum and dad's fault. Yeah. You know, that you're so horrible. Mm. Could be. I mean, Normally, isn't it? Isn't it? So, uh, can you swallow for me? We offended 55-year-olds last week. <laughs> now it's parents. Swallow for me? That's <laughs> hard <laughs> after the coffee. <laughs> Did you, what happened when you... It lifted. Followed? Now can you make a very funny sound? Oh, what happened Lowered. That's, that's me being patronised. It's me being offended. <laughs> but that gives you an idea, doesn't it? Yeah, so... It lowers when you kind of go go like this. It shows the control we've got over it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, and we've got that control. It can go up and it can go, can go down. Why do we care about it going down? And what can we do to make it go down? Okay, like, well, like you said, we'll, we'll do some demos actually in a bit yeah. um, of uh, using those sorts of sounds. But the low larynx, like both larynx positions have very distinct effects on the voice, which is why they're both victims of their own success. Because they can directly offset a situation opposite to its effect, right? So in essence, like larynx lowering could be used, let's just say briefly, stylistically. If you lower the larynx, you elongate the space of the vocal tract, which typically helps it tune, 
to lower frequency harmonics, lower frequency parts of the sound wave that, that go towards warmth in tone. Um, particularly the first harmonic, the fundamental, if anybody's interested in that. Probably but, not. Um, there's some depth to be had from a low larynx. So, if you're singing classical, uh, particularly if you're one of the, a, a guy who needs like strength but depth in there too, you may use a lowered larynx position, lower than neutral, let's say, um, lower than its resting state, um, to generate some warmth in tone. Um, however, there's another couple of reasons why it's been used so well. Like one of them, one of those things is pulling chest, right, or, or taking the, the chest register too high. Mm. Because um, harmonically, like the harmonics in the voice and the resonance in the voice, depending on how we boost it, it can, if it can influence the vocal mechanism, the folds, into a certain setting. Not totally select it, but strongly influence. And if you're in the higher ranges and you use a low larynx, say in the middle of the voice, like, like in the break or the bridge or above, you'll likely tune to some uh, harmonic energy that will influence your voice towards head voice, falsetto, basically out of chest, right? And so for some people, depending on that situation, that may influence them into a lovely mixed voice. It may influence them even further than that, actually out and out to a falsetto or a head voice or whatever. So for someone who's constantly ah! like yelling up mm. to the top, it's a really great tool for finding the the lighter mechanism of the of the top voice, sure, and just, discouraging that. Just to clarify that there, though, is it's, it, it's, it's very every topic we speak about can go into massive depth, can it? Yeah, and you end up going <laughs> off into formats, harmonic science, whatever that inertance. Um, but in in short, there, what he's saying is that for a number of reasons, whether it's because of the uh, acoustic. For acoustic reasons, yep. form and harmonic relationship, or whether it's because of the vocal fold uh, positioning and or muscles used. Yes. All of those things, which will be working in all at the same time anyway, um, by lowering the larynx, we can often offset or, um, or change the environment so that if we are over-engaging, we've got an unfavorable form and harmonic relationship, it will break it. Break it. Yep. Right. And it will transfer you Ooh. out yeah. of your habit. So it's uh it's really good like that. One of the other habits as we know is is as you approach the break, um, you may well be not over engaging. You might actually be right on the vocal fold setting, but there's a problem in that the larynx is raising with the pitch and it's a bit uncontrolled. Um, this is all to do with a formant harmonic relationship, right? So as the resonance needs to move to another area of your voice, um, your throat and larynx can have other ideas about that and hang on to it. And again, that's when people are like, quite getting quite like that in the bridge, and then suddenly they end up with a, a breathy crack on the other side. That's another thing, you know, that if we drop the larynx like that, we, um, yeah, we kind of force that resonance into where it needs to go. We stop that larynx raising, and we hopefully entrain a larynx position that is fairly stable as someone moves through pitches in a contemporary range. When you're really high or really low, it's different. But for most contemporary ranges, we actually want to break the habit of larynx going with pitch, larynx going with pitch. We have to break that. And because most of our pitches are going up in contemporary, 
If we send the larynx in the other direction, we are breaking a habit. We're opposing a habit. Um, hence why it was, it's, very, it's been very handy for that in, in the past for so many singers. Yeah. And so most people, and it really is a sweeping statement, most people will probably want to jump on board that to begin with a new singer because they're likely to be, uh, they will likely have those habits that we just spoke about. So using that when you first start out, or if you at any point feel that, ah, that kind of thing going on, dropping the larynx will have a dramatic effect on changing that. Mm -hmm. But on from there, and this is where oftentimes problems can set in, is when we use something like a low larynx for a sustained period or past the point in which it's no longer useful. Yes, um, like for finished sounds. For finished sounds. And especially as you do become more um, experienced and, and, and skilled as a singer, uh, the, the, the depth in which you need to change cer certain things, whether it's your tongue position, whether it's your larynx, reduces. <clears throat> So if somebody is a contemporary singer and they're having a bit of trouble on a note and it's the bit of trouble is this. Uh, uh, they don't necessarily have to go to ooh, ooh, to drop it completely to fix it. Yes. It's just a very, very minimal change. And, and by jumping straight out into this extreme sound again, all we're doing is just, uh, with, we're losing the habit, but we're not training in something that's going to help in the long run. Yes. Right? Yeah. So um, so that's a really important point to make, that as soon as we get very settled, stable, and are starting to feel more in control of the, the voice and the larynx, then we can start to, especially genre-specific, contemporary music, we're going to want that to, to stabilise a tiny bit mm -hmm. and often raise slightly with pitch. Yes. As you said, the classical, especially guys, will be looking for that kind of slightly lower situation. But um, at no point are we saying low larynx is good. Stick with a low larynx. No, right? no, it's right. And um, you, you know what it happened. You know what happens if, if anybody's familiar with this scenario. But you, you're a yeller. You use a low larynx. It helps you get used to getting over your passaggio. You develop this head voice from it. All this sort of stuff. You, your voice expands, mm. and your voice kind of. Um, De uh, reduces intensity so you, you kind of stop yelling it becomes more like no it becomes more like that maybe yep. you have ideas about adding more volume to that i.e. achieving a finished sound and a rich sound but the thing is about a low larynx is it very much influences you out of a chest type setting so if your idea is to belt and you're maintaining this low larynx you're going to run into trouble and I can see why people actually get so, so bad with this because what they do is they start adding voice to that, like that, they'll strain, and because larynx lowering was the initial strain inhibitor, it's what solved them in the first place, they'll add more of it. Let's do more. Let's do more because I'm straining. And it's like, no, you're straining against what that, what that larynx position is offering you, which is head voice. Yeah. You're straining your chest into it and you need less of it. You want to make a sound that is is not that that position is incapable of making. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you're just trying to do other things in order to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if you take that principle of being passive as you sing and you have a vowel like oh oh like a yawny uh, combined closed vowel low larynx, eventually if you don't do anything to influence that vowel, it will make you go oh eventually into that voice, which is nothing like a belt voice mm. and it's nothing like a finished sound. It's not even applicable in. Um, you know, a male classical tenor. They're trying to stay away from that as well. So if you stick with that low larynx and you're moving forward, 
it's a mistake, mm. especially for contemporary Finnish sounds, which just don't sound great like that. They need, like I said, they need to raise, mm. right? So straight straining from a low larynx is common when you've used it for too long. Yeah. And so uh, what we're talking about really is when we're at the point where we've used a low larynx to <clears throat> get us out of bad habits, then uh, um, we can start to look forward. And, and uh, again, it's not about jamming it into your mouth but it's just about using it optimally for the pitch that we're singing. Yes. The level of the larynx. That's right. And, and if anything, you know, just having that flexibility where pitch moves and your larynx doesn't necessarily or isn't desperate to move with it, mm. that means like you're much more free to explore pitches in your voice mm. and actually be selective about the vowel shape for that pitch, the desired voice quality. But if you haven't possibly used a low larynx approach in the beginning to break that habit and detach larynx from mm. pitch, then chances are you'll still be stuck with a lack of flexibility. Absolutely. Not every case, but you know, 10,000 hours in the studio I would say, you know, there's quite a lot of evidence to support that. And, and from people around the world, I just, think it, I just think it carries on too much into the advanced yeah. singing state. Yeah, and if we're looking at acoustic science and how the voice works, if we've got that stable, then we really can start to play with the, the position <clears> of the tongue and the lips the jaw in the upper notes yep. of the contemporary range um, and that's a lovely place to be yeah. once it's stable just to be able to move these in order to boost some harmonics that's a great strategy isn't it yeah. like if your larynx is stable you can do the um, adjustments with the other parts of your voice mm. with like like you say lips and tongue because you can see them they have like a really good sensory feedback so yeah. you can go like tiny little adjustments but you try adjusting your larynx by two millimeters like it's fucking impossible. Yeah. You have to do it. It needs to be more stable so you can do it at the other end of the tube. So, sure. Uh, but we should really get into a few like demos, right? Cool. So why don't we look at a few uh, a few sounds or a few bits of guidance for singers to start to apply some of these low larynx techniques, or at least just to discover whether they're even helpful. Yeah, I mean it's pretty straightforward though, isn't it? To be honest with you, it's it's uh, making this sound. Ooh. 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 And that can often be perceived as Ooh. or Ooh. Yeah, yeah, that was right. the, this one yeah. by accident. Yeah, yeah. But um, it should just feel. When I watch things like this, it makes me die inside. It should feel easy. <laughs> you know, but, but, it, but, but, it, but it will do if you just, yeah. if you give up the round. Stop, stop, yeah. stop interfering with it. It'll be normal. Don't have to, do not throw a load of air at it. Yeah. Ooh. And then take it on some scales. A scale like. Right or, on. Right whatever on. gets you in there. And then you can sustain into some notes, just holding on to pitches. Mm -hmm. But then you said you would take that into melodies as well. I mean, it's obvious, really. Just can you replicate this feeling on whatever you're singing? Yeah. And right? you know, you could use it on, on anything like. Like if I was going to take, say, like Donny Hathaway, like, I've been so many places. That's in my sort of more speech-like, slightly raised larynx position. But maybe in my training days, I might have just taken that a little bit like, I've been so many places. And it, it will lighten the load. It will keep it light. It's good to keep the vowel closed sometimes if, yep. if, if um, that helps you to find this place easier. Mm. But obviously we're endeavouring to um, see whether the low larynx approach is helping, 
but use as little of it as possible because it's not a great long-term strategy, right? Mm. So if it's just a little bit of, I've been so many, I've been, whereas I'm normally, I've been so many, if you're able to do that. Yeah, if, yeah. if the laryngeal coordination allows you to go, yeah. then you don't necessarily have a problem with the larynx position until very key points in the range. And, and that strategy is a whole other strategy of yeah. vowel tuning, right? It's, sure. it's passaggio. But um, this is just talking about tone. So you have to balance, like sometimes you're a singer, how much of this should I use? Or, or really, how much can I get away with and still sound decent? Yep. And there's always been periods... Um, in singing hasn't there on stage where it's like you know um, grapevine yeah I know a man yeah. if I didn't if I didn't used to do that I know a man um, yeah. it, it didn't used to come out it used to be an absolute washout yeah because you're um, trying to get that sound yeah but you just have to back off yeah. allow it to take you to that slightly headier place mm. again this is like if you don't want to take it on stage don't you're not ready yet just, just keep it in the practice room mm. Um, until, with the help of other exercises as well, that, that you don't need a low larynx to influence your vocal mechanism towards your head voice, towards a lighter, less modal place. Sure. And, that, and just on the melody thing there, where you said you may not need if the extreme sound, this is why, if, if we are talking scales, why certain vowels would be enough of a job, would do the job enough. Yes. So it's early stages. I remember, you know, and I still do use it sometimes, if somebody's in and they're locked up, that E vowel, E, already has a lower first formant. The yes. larynx has already dropped. Mm -hmm. So that's why that vowel is really good for people that start and why most teachers will give that to a, a beginning uh, student. Yes. But then keeping that with the E is going to take you so far away from a contemporary sound if that's what you're singing. Yeah. So getting using just the E. Exactly. Just just um, using the vowel and raising that larynx a tiny bit can often is often the next step on from being extreme. And if if you know intuitively anyway that when people use like sounds like that. A lower jaw is much more preferable. Sure. It kind of really helps that sound to work. But and I guess one last point to whack on that is that because of the position of the larynx, um, really dumb sounds again don't really facilitate range. So if you're trying to take that sound up really, really high, again you're going to be in kind of conflict with what acoustics would actually prefer. Sure. So yeah, be aware that some, again, some people would really take somebody very high with a low larynx, but again, I just feel that they're gonna be fighting the inevitable, which is the larynx raising. And I'm talking like classical females and men and women that are going into the extremes, like above E5 for mm. guys, yep. and above what? G or F or G5 for mm. females, and then right up into the very top for, for sopranos or whatever. Sure. So yeah, just be aware, it's, it's, it's very much a passaggio sort of thing, isn't it? It's mm. very much a middle contemporary range approach to trying to get a vocal mechanism selected. Stabiliser. Stabiliser. So high larynx. Yeah, let's move on to high larynx. If we're talking about being exaggerated, we're kind of talking about these kind of sounds, like really kind of bright. Um, not necessarily, again, the finished sound. Is, is, again, it's another extreme. Um, but the higher larynx sounds in their... In their um, uh, more tempered forms are 
more like speech quality, more like this quality, um, which is great for pop. It's great for contemporary styles, almost all contemporary styles. Obviously, uh, musical theatre um, and belting has a has a need for it to be a little bit more pronounced. You know, there's it's got it's got that kind of uh, sound and often reputation, but. Musical theatre is changing all the time mm. in terms of style, anyway. So, so that's the reason, or that's the, that's kind of the technical application. But you may use a raised larynx if, um, for instance, someone is using a larynx that's too low to offset that to get some brilliance back in the sure. sound, because it, it kind of tunes into harmonics, um, higher harmonics that have much different qualities to the one we discussed earlier, which is depth. So it, we, you may be tuning into the call of the voice, like hey. That kind of place for belting, or maybe something brighter than that. So it's a whole nother emotive quality. Also, some of those harmonics are very related to chord closure, and in terms of boosting them, they can engage more of the modal setting, the chest voice setting, if you like. They can encourage more closure, which brings a chest-like sound as well. So the tw that kind of twangy, bright thing, um, raising the larynx is often a tool for developing someone's voice if it's breathy if it's weak if it lacks chest mm. and we're talking in that case very much female sure um voices that's one of the uses for it yeah and um so just on that again if uh, kind of talking advanced if you're a singer that is running into trouble whilst uh, uh, in, uh, as you're working up in pitch and you're feeling like there's too much compression a squeeze coming in whilst trying to use the high larynx thing it may suggest that um, that the coordination hasn't been completely worked out yeah yeah and so it's often good to use that sound that which some people would refer to as pharyngeal sound yes yeah completely disengaging the TA. I say completely like it's gone, but you know what I'm talking about, like um, approaching it in a more head voice falsetto type fashion. Yeah. Coming in from the top, but still utilizing that. Just working down from the top, but utilizing that because then you're tapping into those higher harmonics. Bringing some closure. Bringing some closure um, to the folds in a place where they wouldn't normally be for... Um, singers who just started out, yeah, and uh, and yeah, disengaging that that TA muscle, that crunch, yeah. You know what? You know what? We we forgot to mention earlier, but in this case, like in those low larynx positions, it's like you're moving the bridge in your voice or the trans sure. register transition to an earlier point in your range. You're trying to. It's going to get you out of chest, not only get you out of it, but get you out of it early. Yeah. But in the high larynx sort of situation, you're changing that resonant event you're actually changing it to the other direction, which can be actually to get a bit of training in, in, the, in the middle part of your voice, which normally cracks. It can be nice to remove the, the disturbance of where resonance changes, move it up a little bit so you can concentrate on the pitches below it mm. and train them in, um, which is another rationale for, for raising or lowering the larynx is to, is to move a resonant passaggio to a different position yeah. so you can concentrate on other things. But remember that the passaggio always starts at E4. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it ends on G4, yeah, yeah. right? So, um, anywho, how could you train that in? Well, well um, I sang earlier in, in kind of, my kind of style is very contemporary, mm. I hope. I'm mm. pre pretty, pretty sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, it's definitely taken me the, uh, a, a, a while to get very, very stable on the high larynx position because the high larynx does encourage or can encourage boost in harmonics that will encourage a chest-like register at times. So if you're not in control and you don't quite have the coordination, then the high larynx type singer can just bring you into yelling all the time and it can just make you strain and strain and strain. However, if you've got it kind of down, I've been so many places. It's like very much like R&B and soul and, and pop or whatever. And that's the kind of sound, but you could use something like nay to get used to it, right? Yeah. Is that kind of your favored sort of thing? I think it is for most teachers, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it just encourages that, that situation. And as I said, if generally, if we're having trouble with the higher larynx, jump out of the low notes and start in the high uh -huh. just to experience that feeling without the 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 um the hassle of yes. trying to coordinate that lower ta as well so yeah um yeah so in terms of training knee knees start high see if you incorporate a low on scale and then jump into a song and see if you can feel the same thing in a song. Mm. And hitting vibrato and stuff like that, it's always a good test, isn't it, for those wow. yeah. things? Because if, if there's any conflict in there, vibrato is usually affected either too slow, too bleaty, or completely erased. Yeah. Um, but being able to successfully let the larynx raise with less effort is a major skill for belting, you know? So we don't want to be jacking our larynx like I'm in belt posture now that's not what it's about because belting is about boosting a particular harmonic and on every pitch that harmonic has its own position so you can't just be wholesale up for a belt it's actually much more dynamic than that absolutely um, and there are ways to let the larynx lift and let it link to certain acoustic situations very helpfully which takes a lot less effort um, but it also brings brilliance to the sound. You can really pierce through uh, the acoustics of things. You know, like a lot of the rock singers back in the day, you know, you had microphones and you needed like this wild high rasp just to cut through all of those mm. instruments that suddenly had electric currents, like sure. guitars. Yeah. You know, they all got electrified. Um, so it was nice to have that kind of early rock yeah, sound yeah. that that really just uh, really stood out in the music and the genre, um, which was kind of cool. So it does have its uses. Obviously, you know everyone talks about Ethel Merman and you know her brassy belt um, position of narrowness and high larynx to be able to to be heard in the theatre. You mm. know, so it was it was a resonant strategy back in 1920, whatever it was. I can't. To remember. this day. To this day, so, um, but it is preferable for contemporary, so we just have to get used to it. Mm. Um, it can come with tensions, like lowering the larynx is a good way of offsetting using a high larynx a lot. It's like warming down from it. It's like you've done a load of bicep curls, which is like twang. Now you need to stretch it out with some tricep, you know, whatever. It's a bit like that with uh, low larynx positions. They can be a bit, low larynx eventually becomes therapeutic, but not wholesale. But that neutral to raise larynx position is usually the kind of adopted contemporary position. Mm. So we've got, we've got to get there eventually, right? Yeah, work towards it slowly. Yeah. Patiently. Yeah. Um, so that's it really, in a nutshell. High larynx, low larynx, the choice, the choice is yours. Mm. Well, it's kind of not though, is it? No.
it's kind of the choice is yours if you're in a place where you can choose. And you know, the good so. supplement to this episode is the tongue position one. Yeah. Because in the tongue position one, we talk about like the tongue can depress the larynx or mm. push down to lower the larynx. And we don't want that as a larynx lowering strategy. And same like we said in that one, if the larynx is raised, typically we're forced into more closed vowels, more forward tongue vowels. Um, which we also explain in the tongue positioning episode. So check it out. So check, check out the out. tongue. Check out the tongue. Check out the larynx. It's all all encompassing here. Uh, now finish up. We have question. a question. Yeah, we do. And this question was was uh, actually asked of me in person by a listener of the podcast at a at a conference I was uh, uh, presenting at. He's a function singer. His name is Ian Marks. Great guy. Um, helps out with the songwriting academy. Um, He's a function singer, he always sings high songs, right? All, all of them are belters, like the Bruno Mars stuff, the rock and roll, Sex on Fire, whatever. He said, how do I get my low notes back? Because after I've sang, I struggle to get back down. Mm. What's your opinion on that? Um, high notes, singing up there for a long time. I mean, there is the case, without knowing, there is obviously a case for using... Singing in the heights for a long time will be creating postures, vocal fold positions, using CT muscle, maybe some imbalances there uh, between the CT and the TA. Um, and that's between CT being more of a head voice dominant, TA being more of a chest voice sure. dominant, and singing so high you're saying um, he may be just going too far towards a lighter, lighter voice of the CT. Yeah, just creating the Function. environment that helps those notes. Yeah. But as we know, it may not be efficient for the low notes. So if we spend a lot of time up there, there's a good chance, it's obvious, I'm really good at doing that. Not so good at doing that anymore. At thickening which, back up Which is again. what, you know, when people come and say, oh, I want to work on my whistle tone. You know, same thing. It's like, cool, if you want to be really good at that, oftentimes you see that the, the lower, the transition even, the first, the passaggio, is a mess. Yeah, go because it's spent so much time using the instrument to do that. When actually, you know, there's some freaks out that can do it all, but but not not often. So yeah, that just imbalance of I've been doing this now, I need to come back and do this. So some more time spent exercises that will engage the TA um, and living in the low notes. Yeah, rebalancing. Yeah. I think would be a good strategy. Um, exercises we could list them on the share notes. Mm -hmm. But essentially, it's diving in from the bottom just into the to the um, for a guy. We're talking around the the kind of G four downwards area. Okay. Anything, but starting in the low notes. Right, and what kind of vowels? What, what do you reckon? I mean, if we're starting low, engaging the TA. Anything that's kind of wide. Ah, nah, ga on any scale that just stays in the low notes, and then as you work up again, that might offer some problems jumping into the G, like. It might give you a few problems. Um, so then just manipulate that vowel a tiny bit. Just to um, experience the TA in the low notes and then see if we can utilize it if we start to work a little bit higher. But in short, it's exercising in the place where he's not singing. Yeah. Where, yeah. And, and most singers are upside down to that, aren't they? Yeah. It's like they do chest voice really well, they do that thick vocal fold setting so well, and they can't thin it out. But singers who end up getting the other way around after a bit of training or just naturally sing high, they become like 
top heavy. Sure. Like really great at like this mixed voice, but when it comes down low enough to that modal register, the thickness is just not being returned. Sure. So, so in that case, in still semi-occluded vocal tract, straw, even hung is a really great one because yep. that can bring some squareness back to the vocal folds, get that train back in. Um, but also, you know, when you sing really high, and especially if you're being belty, um, you're going to need to adopt a high larynx position, possibly even an extremely high larynx position. Still not wrong, but if when you come down, that larynx position remains where it is, you can be quite thin in tone. Mm. Um, so trying to... Mm. Trying to get some low notes back with a low larynx possibly to see if that actually brings back more space for resonation and more richness back to the voice and then you might feel that chest voice is back but the other thing we can't rule out for high intensity singing is possible damage right yeah no, and we're not saying serious but no but but i mean if you're um, if you're singing high for a long time we have got more tension than in other places, and also more oscillations per second, mm. so which just, just means more contact. So then you've got m the, the potential for more abrasion, more swelling, inflammation, and therefore when we come back down and we, 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 need, to, um, we need to oscillate freely, those thick little inflamed folds might not be up for doing the job, which then you get breathiness. Yeah, you, you don't or get hoarseness, hoarseness even. Yeah. So there's which, that to consider. Which would be, and you know what, that, that we mentioned it in the last one, but you have to, if there's inflammation, warm down is crucial. Yeah. Semi-occluded warm downs can dissipate that for the next day yeah. better than just resting and definitely better than more singing or talking. So let's hope that yeah. that can be part of the strategy that the warm down, like we said, to summarise, the warm down could be get yourself back in the low notes, see if you can um, uh, bring that larynx position maybe back from being really, really high. Uh, reduce tension and reduce inflammation through a bit of a through a bit of that stuff and if you don't have straws then ums or ums or something closed if you don't have straws get some yeah so I hope that helps Ian you have yeah. to let us know it's going to need to be about a 10 minute thing after every gig isn't it really sure yeah and, and the consistency would be good and see and if you let us know if you do it a few times and see if it starts to come back in that would be good to hear yes so that's it for today it's been fun, mate. Has it? Yeah. Oh, right. I thought that was consensus, but... Okay. A few years on the road. Hello. Too long, baby. Too long. We'll see you. Review. iTunes review, if you could. Let's make sure we do that. Forward slash iTunes. And uh, give us a five star, because that'd be really helpful. Love you. And we we'll look forward to seeing you, when you see us, on the... This. In a few... That, and... That. Cheers. Bye.